Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a lot going on in the world, <laughs> but more importantly, you got bangs. I do. And I actually, this is, I, I tried to make them better for our call before they were kind of like this. Oh no, don't, don't part them. Don't Dwight Schrute them. Up, it is. That's exactly my Dwight Schrute bangs. Yeah. But you like the way they look when they cut them. You didn't cut them yourself, right? No, I got them okay, cut okay. and they looked good and they looked like stylish, but now they kind of just look like a chunk. And I guess that's on me. No, it's you've been brainwashed by social media thinking that girls with like beachy wave hair like just wake up like that. And while the chosen few do, everybody's hair looks a little weird before they style it. So maybe, yeah, I think the bottom is just too heavy. Yeah, everything. Because I let it all air dry this morning. So I need to figure it out. But my my hairdresser too is he 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 was like, "You know that bangs are more maintenance and since you get your hair cut every 6 to 8 months, I want to make sure that that's, yeah, that that that's fine." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll put in the work." And then I just took a shower last night, went to bed, didn't dry my hair and woke up to a real like Lord Farquaad helmet. I was the whole time I was like, "Do not say Lord Farquaad to her." <laughs> Do not say it. You okay? Did they give you a cut or a shaping? I got a cut. I got a lot cut off. Okay, and they cut a lot you, out of my bangs. And you know, people write into this podcast for my advice, and to have you not take the advice that I've been saying to you for years before you even ever got your hair cut. I mean, it first got time. thinned out for the first time. It all got like thinned out, like everything. No. Where did you go? <laughs> to my. Don't- Stylist. Who works at the mall? No, in a boutique. But here's the problem. My mom goes to the same stylist and I got, I went over to her house and she goes, you look just like me. And I go, oh, oh, that shouldn't matter. I went to my mom's colorist for years when I, I mean, it's like, did you point at a wall of moms, like a Puerto Rican (laughs) barbershop and you're like, give me the number four. Give me the give me the library, mom. No, if I told my sole inspiration for this haircut was Natalie Portman in May December. Oh, but that movie, I mean, the, uh, 
takes place in like a beach community in North Carolina. Not no, exactly it's in fashion Georgia. week. Okay, tell me, let me know the difference fashion wise. <laughs> and like not exactly like ground zero for fashion week. Look, I need to see it. You said you ordered a flat iron. I hate the yeah. idea of you putting unnecessary heat on your hair, but I think your hair is strong enough to take it. Show it to me when you flat ironed it and maybe watch a tutorial. There's no shame in tutorials. I know. I was Googling and then I was just so mad at every, I finding all these Reddit threads of people like, I feel like my bangs are too thick. And then it's just someone with the most stunning hair you've ever seen. And I'm like, you just came to this thread for compliments. You didn't need help at all. I want to see your hair piled on top of your head with tendrils in front of your ears and the bangs. <sighs> very comic book. It would be very, just like a couple pieces. Okay. That yeah. might be, am I look, that might save this. I that just would look amazing. I just texted you, here's what it Do looked it now. like. After- can you just put your hair up now? Can I? Put it up above your ears. I've never seen it above your ears. It's too, it's too chunky. You have to have the tendrils. Look, she didn't I got shape one it. one tendril. Who gives this haircut? There's no shape. Okay, you know what? I am so mad at you for not listening to me when it comes to your personal choices. <laughs> All right, whatever. We'll deal with it later. It'll, it'll you got to grow into it. You got to flat it. Well, other people who actually take my advice are on the line. Are on the line. I just texted you. Look at the picture I just texted you. This was what it looked like cool. when this I liked it. Great for a podcast. <laughs> yes. Emily, that's the fucking vibe. Okay, yes, so she gave you a bit Saturday. of bit of a Rachel on the bottom. Here's what you need. I'm going to tell you right now. Ready? Please. You need a big round brush okay. so that when you when you do dry it, you're curling it under. So I ordered it's, a boar's bristle because something yes. said that that's what I should go. Okay. Yes. I have that, a comb, and a mini flat iron coming tomorrow. Okay, you don't need a mini flat iron because you don't have delicate hair, but fine. You got flat the, iron. For, no, for it's the bangs. Round, it doesn't matter. It's rounding it. A little Shannon Doherty, but I think you like charmed. Oh, yeah, Round it. Yeah. Okay, that looks great. And you're wearing a... Are you in a leather jacket? No, it's a fleece, no. of course. <laughs> All right, whatever. All right, moving on. Very cool. Get that cat out of here. Who wants to see that haircut and that cat? <laughs> Let's get out of here. Get out of here. Get it out of here. Oh, boy. Okay. W-W-I-D. Do you know what that stands for? When would I do it? Almost. What, what would, would I... Eliza do. Eliza do. Instead of JD. I was like, what would I do? Remember that? <laughs> that fad? Those plastic bracelets that are now in a landfill? Oh, Speaking boy. of religion, real quick. Oh, boy. I had my United Hot Salah benefit the other night. Can I tell you? I programmed it perfectly. We had Catherine McPhee come and she sang Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, which is among the more Christian-sounding songs, but it's written by a Jew Mm -hmm. about about the Bible. And it's one of the most beautiful songs in the world. And if you're young, you know it from Shrek. And I still don't know why it's in Shrek. She opened it. It was gorgeous. People were crying. Yeah, she's an incredible voice. Had a representative from Hot come who's done something like over like 10,000 rescue missions. And uh, Mayim interviewed him and I gave a speech. And then we had Chen Mazig, who uh, co-founded the Tel Aviv Institute, which is all about combating anti-Semitism online. But I didn't want to keep people just standing there for hours. So it was all like 45 minutes. It was awesome. And we raised over $100,000. So if you donated or if you were just with me in spirit, thank you so much. This is money that goes to people who help everyone on the ground, not just Jews. It's any Israeli on the ground. What lucky person got the Sharon Stone painting? I was uh, jealous. 
I, I don't you know. Can't if I can reveal. Tell you. I guess you can't reveal. Yeah. You Let can't me say, say spent money. Another celebrity bought it. Good. It should be in a yeah. celebrity's home. Yeah. I mean, that's I bought very it for cool. you, but but you have to come pick it up. I got that McPhee is such a good singer. Like she she's is so talented, so talented, and not to take away from that, she is gorgeous in person. <laughs> that's a good head and of hair. Not and a good like ant cheekbones, like oh, high yeah. up. And I looked her up, and we are almost the same age. And I'm like, well, I have no excuse. Is she? <laughs> if she looks like that, why? She's she 39. Like, okay. All right. She's stunning. Anyways, very gracious. And it was a beautiful night. Uh, Chelsea Handler came out. Oh, nice. Very cool. And uh, and it was just great. And Jeez. I was really proud of what we did. So just whatever you're thinking of doing, whoever you're thinking of helping, hopefully it's not Hamas, but whatever charity, just remember that you have a power to do something and people want to help. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just give them some tasty snacks. If I'm like emailing, cold emailing celebrities, hi, I'm doing a benefit for Hamas. Is there anything you can donate to my cause? Uh, Literally half of Hollywood would be like, yep, I am aligning myself with this because I'm ignorant and don't know what's going on. Well, half if of, I, people would. People yeah, would love to. They'd be like, Hamas is misunderstood. And to quote um, sort of a, a, a delisted, I'm not going to say celebrity, but person in comedy who I think said Hamas, like they aren't all bad apples. It's like, mm, they rape women and kill children. These are all bad apples. I do have to say, I, I look, obviously it's a nice thing you did. It is very hard to organize this kind of thing and to get stuff yeah. for charity and to get it all above board and to get the silent auction going or the auction going. It's a lot of admin, like administrative work. And it's very hard to get things that people actually want. So like kudos yes. on putting together like a very cool, eclectic mix of, Thank you. of items. I... I'm never doing it again. It was really hard. It's so hard. <laughs> Sorry. I did my part. Have a great day. Hags. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, and they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N U U L Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like 
like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. All right, so WWID, how is Eliza handling visitors who want to meet baby boy? Hi, Eliza and Emily. Wednesdays are my favorite thanks to you too. Thanks for being such a midweek treat. Like no that. problem. We get described treat. People are like, I wait for Wednesdays, and I like that. That Wednesday has become not a hump, but a fun dump. <laughs> Okay. Uh, as a notorious people pleaser, my question revolves around how to channel my inner mama bear the way Eliza does with no hesitation. I'm due with baby number two shortly before Eliza, also a boy, and my question is twofold. One, how does Eliza plan to handle visitors, grandparents, close friends, family mostly, who want to meet baby boy shortly after he's born, particularly around protecting him from germs? And two, my question, am I being too extreme by making the grandparents and any aunts who want to visit get up to date on their flu, COVID, and Tdap shots? Now, we have a little additional context, which is, I did this with my first, who is now four, and was met with annoyance, but little resistance, mostly because everyone was so eager to meet the first grandchild, so they were more understanding. That was right before COVID. Now, any mention of any vaccine turns into a political debate. Okay, so one more piece. Other than the shots thing, hand-washing, sanitizer for all guests with my first, we welcomed pretty much anyone who wanted to visit. Sure enough, she got RSV at two months old, and it was really scary. That's awful. Right. You, there's, I mean, there's your proof right there. Look, you could do people with no vaccine. I mean, it's annoying to, like, go to a doctor, get the vaccines, but the elderly should definitely be doing these things anyway. I know since COVID, we've decided that all science is based on personal feelings, um, and somehow— most shots are fine except for the COVID one, and we don't need to get into that. COVID, whatever. I don't really want to get into that one, but Tdap, all of these things that are, babies are susceptible to, there are no follow-up questions. 
Yeah. You just need everybody to get these shots, uh, especially because babies can't get those shots for a little bit. You don't have to be a main. You can come over. You can't hold the baby. You can't breathe on the baby, but I can show you the baby. You have to just, this all comes down to you knowing in your heart what is best and what is right. And you don't, when you know you are right, you don't really feel the need to defend yourself. Whatever they say back, you're like, that's fine. You can, we can wait till they're older. That's totally fine. But this is how we're choosing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You don't have to, there's nothing to be said. It's just, this is what we're choosing to do. Right. People start to sound really dumb. And it happens a lot when they're telling you why your feelings are upsetting them. It's like, then don't interact. Do I come into your house and explain to you why it's okay that I take a dump in your living room? No. It's also like, when you go to someone's house and I take your shoes off, like, sorry, like you just, they want to come over. They want to see your baby. It's your rules. Even if your rules were like, you can only wear pink when visiting the baby because her eyeballs are tired. Like, sorry, that's what you got to do if you want to visit the baby. And you have to just, I mean, you want them to see the baby, but your desire to keep your kids safe has to supersede any other want. And I say that only because there are plenty of times I'm like, I want her to eat healthy, but I really want to see her eat this snack. And it's like, no, we got to do what's best for the baby. So it doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't fucking matter. And this will be a long, add to a long list of things where like you've made the decision and sometimes you'll be wrong. And sometimes it is a personal preference. This is about your baby's health and safety and you live through it. Yeah. If anyone says anything, be like, she had, first one got RSV, got RSVP and it was horrible. So especially given that you know what we went through with that, we really request that everybody be up to date on their shots as they should anyway. Although if I didn't have kids, I would not think twice about any of these shots. <laughs> but yeah. T-Dap. We have a really important follow-up about something that happened to you, not about something that happened to someone else, titled Olive Oil Cake Incident. Hello, Pod Squad. I don't have a question or a red hot update. I would call this red hot. But I can't stop thinking about the olive oil cake incident that Eliza experienced and discussed on a recent bottom of the cob. I think incident is being putting a little strong. Catastrophe. <laughs> The I, one where we went to the restaurant and they were decorating cakes. Yeah. I am a chef and the restaurant I work in serves olive oil <laughs> cake, which I make two to three times a week. And I'm always Whatever. reminded of, quote, the incident. Olive oil cake <sighs> is very flavorful and moist, but not the cake one should use for a cake decorating contest. This That's type right. of cake doesn't even typically get served with frosting, let alone the amount of frosting an amateur cake decorator would probably pile on. Sorry you had to witness this disaster, Eliza. Katie from Austin. Thank you, Katie. I mean, I hope that wasn't too triggering for you to hear about me having to watch people do something with their personal cakes. The part that was upsetting too was I saw the, it was like a private club. Like I saw the advertisement for that class and the image wasn't an olive oil cake. So I think either something went wrong or in typical LA fashion, they put someone in charge who kind of didn't know what was going on and had no real sense of taste. And they were like, oh, but they're a trained chef. It's like, doesn't mean that they know what they're doing or some program director just did that or they got the olive oil free. But it's very LA to be like, it's an elevated escalated high-end event, but we're going to drop the ball at the last minute because art is comprised of lunatics thinking they know what they're doing. So it's like um, one year when I went to, I'm not going to name the party, but it was a pretty big like Golden Globes after party. Like it's like one of the ones. And I brought Noah. We had just started dating. And I was like, isn't this great? He's like, they're serving macaroni and steam trays. 
He's like, you have like the mayor of LA and Drake eating out of a fucking steam tray. I'm like, yeah, that's a bad look. So money can't buy you class. (laughs) Hello, AIA team. Love you all. And I eagerly await your advice. How do I break up with my quote, long-term and long-distance boyfriend? I use quotes around long-term because real time, it's not that long. Calendar time equals seven years. In-person time equals two to three years. Here's a bulleted and I hope concise list of context for your consideration. Ooh, me, female, 40, him, 42, male. Met over seven years ago working in the same field. I'm on the East Coast. He's on the West Coast. I've made multiple trips to see him. He's only come to me a few times. I don't want to move back to where he is. He won't move to me because of family obligations. He is dealing with taking care of his mom, who is just now getting released from the hospital after a few days. He lost his job about a year ago and hasn't made any progress in getting a new job. He even said he is not actively looking. I also learned he's in a ton of tax debt. Six figures. This guy's got to be so hot. Because why else would you bother? I am at a point in my life, no kids, by the way, where I'm focused on enjoying my success and saving for retirement. He's just not there. I love Uh him, but I've come to realize he's not my future. How do I approach the break of conversation? Seems like a dick move to do it over FaceTime, but that's our relationship. Do I do it over FaceTime? Do I fly out there and do it in person? How do I do this? In my professional life, I have no problem approaching conflict head on, but I've never had to do this before in my personal life. He is my first boyfriend. Send help. P.S. Travel to D.C. to see your show. Eliza, you're perfection. Where are they traveling from? They Somewhere else on the East Coast, which is great. Yeah. Two things. One, this guy is, I say that he's handsome because the way he is operating smacks of like things just come to me. And I don't get from what you're saying that he's like expecting you to take care of him, but he seems kind of like, there's nothing about this relationship that suggests like a burning hot passion. Mm. Like you're saying he doesn't really come see you. He probably doesn't come see you because he can't afford to do so. He's just taking life at a different pace than you. It's going to suck to break up with him. So be like, my mom just go to the hospital. You're like, I could wait till she dies and then it'll be even worse. So it actually doesn't matter how you do it because depending on the kind of guy that he is, and if, if he really does like you, you will be faulted for it no matter how you do it. I can't believe it was a phone call. I can't believe you didn't fly here. I can't believe it was a FaceTime. I can't believe you want this. But it doesn't actually matter because the end result you want is to be broken up with this person. And he won't be able to hear if he really cares for you, if he's really into this relationship that's not really a relationship. He won't be able to hear that you're like, I love you and I this is the best that I could do. He'll just maybe focus on how it hurt him, which is selfish, or he'll be like, okay, yeah, I get that. Either way, you're going to be out of it. If you're unfairly cast as a bad person, who cares? It's not like you have anything in common. You don't have friends in common. You're not going to have to see him again and he'll come around eventually or he's okay with it. Do it over FaceTime because that's the closest you can get to him. And just be like, I have so much love for you. We spent so much time together, but I just feel that this, I'm not at a place where this is working for me anymore. And that's it. You'd be like, I don't really, you know, he might be like, why would I do? And you don't have to tell him a piece of shit and be like, you're unmotivated and I don't want to take care of you financially or inherit your debt. But you could be like, I'm just at a place where I want to be with someone that I can see all the time. And I thought this was going to work and it just isn't. That's it. I bet you he goes quietly, but 
the, what you want is to be out of this relationship and to enjoy your life. So by any means necessary, and you do it from the highest light. That way you can feel good. You know that you did it the best way you could. Yeah. It's not like you broke up with him on a post-it note. It's funny that you asked that because I have had this happen a couple times in my life recently. And I'm like, what is going on? We're like, I did something the best way that I really could. And you still get faulted for not doing it a different way. And you're like, my conscience is clean. Like I did this in a class act way and you just want to complain. So yeah, nothing you can do but what you do. When I tell you I am gripping my dog's chest so that she doesn't lose her mind. Keep her quiet. At the cleaning person who she sees every week and who gives her plenty of treats. (sighs) Hi, Liza. Emily, the teeny cheeny and little miss. I have a revolting to me dilemma. My brother, seven years younger than I, is a junior at a college I don't want to mention. Anyway, to earn extra money while in school, he is having sex, not as a prostitute, but as a performer for porn videos online. I get that you have to pay to see them, but it's still videos of him having sex. His face, not just his penis, is out there for anyone to recognize. Personally, Who wants to see a guy's face? Like what? I mean, Who is like, show me that face. That's what... That's weird. Well, I feel like if they're shooting porn videos, it's hard to crop out the head. No, it's not. Well, nope. It's remarkably easy. Firstly, I find it repugnant. Maybe because I'm out in the business world now, but there are so many things I hate about this. Not to mention his social life and business life becoming seriously affected when he gets uh, yeah. out. He says he doesn't think about it, but likes getting paid. Can't he work at McDonald's? Anyway, I don't care how much he shuts this off in his mind. His body is still doing it. What are your thoughts and advice on this behavior? He sometimes listens to you. He won't listen to me. Loved your movie on Netflix, by the way. Humiliated on his behalf. Well, again, you can't tell anyone in their 20s anything because, again, they already know everything. So he totally understands the way the real world works. And he totally understands public perception and cyber safety risks and safety risks in general. And he understands you know, at this age that of course you're only going to ever want jobs that love that your full face and penis are in a video. And of course, you know, you'll never run for office and he must know all these things. Look, mentally men can have sex a lot more than women and it doesn't break them in the same way. And that has to do with anatomy and biology and the fact that women receive and men give in terms of like actual sex. I know you're unfamiliar, Emily, but I'm just telling you. Uh, It is more intimate for women, even just for the fact that we are like taking a penis into us and men just, that's why they can just sleep around and it's whatever. It's just the way that they're designed. I'm not, but, but treating something like sex, like he also has to think about the fact that you're going to meet a woman one day who is going to be repulsed by the fact that you did this. Women give men a lot of leeway. Like you could have slept with all these women. Like he was a player and then he met me. We don't hold it against men the way they hold it against us. And that has a lot to do with biology, but mostly the Bible um, and casting women as whores for uh, wanting any pleasure or having sex with anyone. <sighs> One day he's he won't be able to hear it now, but you're going to meet women that you would like to be with that you'd be great with otherwise that aren't going to want to be with you because they think what you did is disgusting and they're going to have to explain it to their parents. And it is your private parts and it's not meant for the world to see. And you're making money now, but you are 
losing money in the long run. You will, I mean, I don't know what he plans on doing, but you're going to college. So you obviously want some sort of job that pays something unless you want to like be a performance artist forever. So you're cutting off your nose to spite your face because you're making a couple grand now, but you will, unless this is like OnlyFans and you are raking it in, financially in the future, you are limiting yourself. What's the point of going to college if you want people to get a job because people can just see your penis and they don't want to deal with that with HR? It's a... you can also tell him, I mean, people aren't going to like this. It's a low look. It's not uh, something that people with education do. It's not something that you, would he ask him, be like, would you want to date a girl or marry a girl who is just like all over the internet having sex? There's some, it takes away something sacred about it. And I know Gen Z and the internet. It's like, it's empowering. I can do it for me. These things have ramifications. Well, it's- Which is why people do them as a last resort. And no, he can't go work at McDonald's because it doesn't pay enough. He probably makes more. I, I mean, I feel like it, maybe it's kind of like how it used to, they'd say like, oh, you, if you got a tattoo, you're not going to be able to get certain jobs. Right now, if somebody finds out that you're doing sex work online, you're not going to be able to get certain jobs. And maybe that will change. But right now, that's the case. And as long as he's aware of that, like what else can you do besides- you know, yeah, but it's him. not even that. Like, let's say you don't get a job. Fine. You get an argument with someone. You get in a legal dispute. You get in a political dispute. You want any path in life. Someone can just go pull up like videos of you ejaculating and you're like, you don't have to take this person seriously. So it's just a little short-sighted. Um, the other path is he becomes some sort of entrepreneur, billionaire, online and it's like cool that he did this. Like, yeah, there's a version where you carve your own path and you don't need anything from anyone. Like if I found out there were Elon Musk sex tapes, I'd be like, no, I'm never going to watch that. But also like, who cares? You can write your own ticket. So I just think, uh, I just think it's a little short-sighted. That's all. Sorry, I can't stop burping. I'm going to have a baby in like six weeks. I, just, I ate a big corned beef sandwich before I got on the. All right. Before I got on, got on this mic, I'm shocked. I'm shocked you ate the biggest sandwich you could find right before recording. It is the one I could find. I'm like, what's the worst thing I could eat? <laughs> oh, anything because I'm pregnant. Cool. Stop, Tampa. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. At a very tender moment, like you lay your body down at the end of the night, you can't sleep on your back or your belly, so you lay on the side. And I was sleeping, probably at like three in the morning. I don't know what happened. I burped or had a bad dream, but I woke up for a second and, you know, you kind of moan because your body aches. You're just like, Ugh. And Noah like gently like pet me and he put a blanket over me and, and it was such a sweet moment. And I told him this morning, I go, I felt you do that. And I was like, I feel like this like beached wall where it's like, he, and he was like, he didn't miss a beat. He's like, you know, it's like when they have to put like wet towels on an orca, like on a shark for like transporting it. Like, <laughs> Like, keep it hydrated. He's like, I put the blanket on you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's very sweet. Very sweet. <laughs> Maybe that's the episode name. How do I type that? Just type in marine mammal moaning. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. 
Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. I'm busy, and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around, and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals, because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we have a follow-up again, not from the person who wrote the question, but I think this is helpful and interesting. It's a follow-up to December 27th episode, Bridesmaid Drama for the Woman Whose Mom Has ALS. Dear Eliza and Emily, I'm an avid listener of the podcast. It brings laughter to my life, and listening to you strong, independent, bold women has helped me gain self-confidence in my personal and professional life. I was compelled to write in after listening to the December 27th episode about the woman whose mother has ALS. My mom passed away last October, eight years after being diagnosed with a degenerative brain disease. Many of her end-stage symptoms were similar to those in ALS, including losing the ability to walk, speak, and eventually swallow. My dad was also... Now, this is, again, this is the woman whose husband is now her caretaker and the kid's are are having it. The, the dad doesn't seem to be as compassionate towards their mother as they would like him to be. He's getting very frustrated and angry towards because he's taking care of her. So our new writer in her says, my dad was also my mom's caretaker. It took an incredible physical and emotional toll on him. My sister and I tried to be there for him as much as we could, but he is stubborn and refused most offers of support, help, and advice. This was often frustrating and at times made things harder than necessary, but his devotion to her was incredible. My sister and I rolled with it the best we could. At the end, my dad declined a feeding tube, which my sister and I completely supported. Many of the side effects are awful, and because my mom had deteriorated so much, she was basically vegetative. It seemed cruel okay, to prolong Emily. her life. So I'm reading this because remember this, our question asker was said that the mom didn't want the feeding tube. So. Right. I vividly remember those feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, sadness, and anger. I have no idea how long ago she wrote to you and if her mom is still with us, but I wanted to suggest she contact ALS.org and also see if there's a local hospice chapter in her area that could offer support resources and care for her mom and extended family. The Alzheimer's Association and Cincinnati Hospice were huge sources of support for my family. I'm not sure how it works in other places, but my parents receive health supplies, medication equipment, a wheelchair, in-home visits by a nurse, and 24-hour support over the phone. So I think we talked about looking into other resources through insurance, but I think this is really important as well that that to look into ALS-specific resources. This is one of the beautiful parts of our pod. She said resources, (laughs) and then she got specific. I love it. 
Yeah, that there's that. And then there's like someone who knows all about olive oil cake. We are diverse. Yeah. We contain, our audience contains multitudes. They do. Hi, Liza, Emily, and pod crew. I've gotten through so many tough situations with your advice, and I have changed my approach to many situations. Thank you. She's like, I have no friends left, and I'm jobless now because of you. <laughs> Thank you At for least your- I stand up for myself. Thank you for your timeless advice and fucking attitude towards making people uncomfortable when they make you uncomfortable. So, yeah. I'm writing today with a situation that just seems to keep popping up. I, female, 25, have two friends who I love dearly, but who don't seem to understand that since I am in grad school and not working, I'm on clinical rotations for PT school and studying for my board exams, and at the moment, also on medical leave for surgery to repair a herniated disc. They always come up with fun things to do that come with a cost. Most recently, dinner and a movie. I responded with a suggestion to see a Saturday matinee show since those are cheaper, and they said dinner and drinks would be more fun, so I said I would meet them at the theater, citing that I could not afford to eat out right now. They then offered to just pay for my dinner and drinks. Without sounding too proud to accept, how do I get them to understand that while I appreciate them trying to include me, it makes me feel worse when they offer to pay for me. I love them and want to spend time with them, but my fiance and I are saving for a home, paying for school, planning a wedding, and he's just starting in his career— all adding up to us not having much extraneous income. They are always mostly understanding about it, but I can't help but be frustrated when they continue to suggest things that cost money. Even more frustrating is when I do try to approach the subject, I get told the dinner out isn't that bad or $50 isn't that much. Icing on the cake is that one is also getting married soon and wants to take a seven-day trip to Vegas, and the other doesn't understand why I said I can't go. Seven days. Seven. Is she checking into a rehab clinic? Seven? <laughs> I can't justify Are you the walking there? Right. Seven days. May or may not be relevant, but children are a very real plan for our future, but not for either of my girlfriends. So when I tell them we're saving for a house and to start a family, they always tell me I can go out save later. It's hurtful. They can't seem to support our saving life goals. Help your ever faithful Wednesday morning listener, C. C, first of all, when did people stop giving their names? Second of all, this really has less to do with the money. You might be a little frugal. This more has to do with you guys are in very different places. Um... And this is not about breaking up with your friends. These girls seem perfectly fine. You have a fiance, right? Yeah. So planning a wedding, and, trying to buy a house. You're trying to buy a house and you're in grad school. You're planting all of these seeds for your life. And to be honest, like it doesn't really, at 25, you know, you're pretty young and that's great. And so of course, like everybody wants to like go out then, but you seem a little mature for your age in a good way. It, it, there's, it's not in your purview to be like, yeah, I'd love to go get like wasted and go get dinner and not continue to save for these goals. Like that's just not where your head is, especially even if none of the other things were happening, being in grad school, we hear from a lot of grad school students that are like, I just don't have the money. And they're going to look at you and be like, oh, but you hang out with your fiance and you have money for all this other stuff, which is really no one's business. Whatever you do, this needs to be done in person. That way, no tone is inferred. And you say to them, be like, I just want to say with you guys, because I'm always blown away by how inclusive you are and generous in your offering. But I just need an understanding going forward that I love being invited. I have no problem being honest with you and being like, I can't afford it. 
So don't feel like you can't invite me. And if you get tired of it, you get tired of me saying I can't, I get that too. But I have no problem being honest, but I also need you to know, like, I really don't want you paying for me because it's cute, like, once in a very great it's while. A but you a super special event. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like I want you to pay for me and it's not like you owe it to me. I just don't want to say all of this at the expense of our friendship because I love you guys so much. Like, we can always, you guys want to go out and spend drinks and chase that. And that's great. And I will meet you where I can. So I just kind of want the space and the option to be like, I can't make it. And I don't want you to think that it has anything to do with you. I just, I'm on a very tight budget and I'm in grad school. Maybe after grad school, it'll be easier. I always want to see you guys. I always want to hang out with you guys. I always want to talk to you guys. But like, I just can't do some of the things that you want to do. And I just want you to know where that's coming from. And if they can't hear that, and they won't because they're right. It isn't that bad. It isn't that expensive, but it does add up. And maybe you are being a little too strict because you're annoyed that they aren't hearing you. It's not the worst thing if you do it like once a month. So you tell them, you'd be like, I'll try to do what I can. But I- girls at that age, it tends to, of course, they want to see you. But there's this uh, like group think of like, why can't you do what the group is doing? So it becomes, whether they realize it or not, a little less about you and a little more like, we're all doing this. Why? Can't you? And and by the way, because I've had this friend, like you also don't want to be the friend that shows up and is like, I'll just have a small salad. Like you want to participate. Like the friend that shows up and is like, I'm just not going to drink. You're like, no, we all want to be on the same wavelength. That's why I think what frustrated me is that you're saying, yes, let's do a movie and drinks, but let's do a matinee. And they're like, no, no, nighttime is better. No, go to like an 11 a.m. movie and then get like 2 p.m. $6 margarita of the month at Chili's. Like there are ways you're not saying let's never go anywhere. Let's stay inside. No, because this is the friend version of we have McDonald's at home, like the Eddie Murphy bit. Like you want to do the thing in the way that you want to consume it. They want to go out. They want to go get drunk. They want to have a Saturday night out and that is not in your budget. Plus you don't want to, you're engaged. You probably have a paper due. Like you're just not there at this moment. And so you guys are looking to get different things out of this. Their hang time involves uh, an upcharge a markup because of the certain time of day it is probably getting a little drunk and being out in the night. And your hang time is like quality time and it's just two different objectives. So say what you mean. And if they can't handle it, then those aren't really your friends. And by the way, you won't be friends in a few years, but okay, you can come back to me and let me know. Okay. Okay. Hello, sweet Eliza, sweet Emily, adorable human puppies and tiny fluffy animals. I am a 35-year-old female, and my husband is a 40-year-old male. We've been together for 10 years, married for six. My family lives out of state in Utah, and I get to see them about three times a year, if I'm lucky. I am no longer Mormon, and neither is my family. My father-in-law passed away two years ago. My mother-in-law still lives here in Florida. We have dinner with her every Sunday since we've been together, help her with whatever she needs, etc. My family goes on vacation every year, and a lot of the time— I'm unable to go with them because of work or my husband and I already having something planned. We have a timeshare in Mexico and we are going in March for my mom's birthday. My husband has zero interest in going to Mexico and has never gone with us. He tells me he doesn't want to go and before I've just gone without him, but each time it's a huge argument. For example, two years ago, my mom's sister and I went to Europe on a girl's trip. It was our first time going on a girl's trip and our first time to Europe. After telling my husband, he didn't speak to me for a week and then said that we never talked about me going with them, which was completely untrue. 
My question, should I feel guilty about going without him? What can I say to him that will shut down in any argument? We go on vacations of our own each year, whether that's little weekend trips, going to Savannah or driving the 18 hours to Michigan to see his family from Florida with my mother-in-law. I never complain when we go there every Sunday for dinner. How can I tell him like, I feel like my family takes a backseat to his? Sorry to ramble. I work in aviation and recently a position opened up about 30 minutes away from my hometown and I was very interested in applying. My end game has always been to end up back in Utah at some point. My husband knows this and I've always been upfront and honest with him. When I brought this up to him, he flipped out saying how he couldn't leave his mom. He said this before his dad passed away and I understood. I've never asked him to leave his family because I know how hard it is to be away from mine, but when is the right time to have this conversation? I'm scared he's going to put this off and it's going to end in me leaving him. What is your wise advice? WWID. Thank you in advance. I love listening to you and Emily wishing you safe travels on all your adventures. Kate. Mm. It's weird because I was like, the conver- time to have this conversation was so years ago, but you, you did. Before you got married? Right. But you did. And he was like, it's fine, but that's, these things don't matter. Uh, right. Like a prenup, even without kids, doesn't matter once you have the kids. Um, is it, it's great that you guys support his mom and that's very kind of you to commit to seeing her that often. Does it have to do with guilt? Like, is he afraid if he goes on that vacation then his mom won't be set up. Um, I do know people like this where like the excuse is the parent. So they can't ever do anything, even though there are plans that could be made for those two weeks for the parent. I've seen that before. There's something with the mom. There's a guilt he feels. There's an attachment issue. Because what you're describing to me is incredibly myopic and selfish. And it's weird. I would be interested to know his side of this. So you're like, hey, my family wants to take a vacation. We never get to spend time with them. It's a week in Mexico. I'd like you to go. And he doesn't want to, who cares if he wants to go? He's got to go. That's weird. That's very weird. There's something going on here. And I think it has to do with the mom. Could you bring the mom? Is that doable? Is it worth saying like, we will leave Monday morning and be back Saturday night so we can still have dinner with her Sunday? Is it worth saying we've scheduled someone to have dinner with her? Like, you can't live a life so stringent that one Sunday out of years of marriage, you can't take off to be with your family. And what about your family? What are his answers to this? That's the part of this that I'm missing. And as far as the trip to Europe, I mean, what man wants to go on a girl's trip? It just feels really one-sided. Unless he makes a ton of money and you say you work in aviation and like you make almost nothing or you dabble in it. I'm just saying there's a respect balance here. That's not something's missing. I I think it's the fact that he's like, I don't want to go to Mexico. I won't go to Mexico. And she's like, okay, then I'll go by myself. What? No. Like, so there's, you're just supposed to stay at home with him, except when you're traveling right. with his mother. Like, that's so shitty. Right. There's no compromise there. How have you put up with this this whole time? You go with him. You drive in the car 18 hours with him and his mother to visit his family. No, I, and we don't need to rehash it. with you. We know all this. I Ugh. feel like there's something missing. And I'm wondering what's missing is, have you never said anything before? And he's like, I thought you loved doing all this. I don't know. Because... He's acting like he's being blindsided by this. So maybe you were never vocal. Maybe now it's important to you that you want to do it. But regardless, like being in a marriage is hanging out with each other's in-laws, even if it's inconvenient. And you both agree to say kind of nothing 
about who's annoying and you just do it. So something wasn't said by you or this guy is a total selfish dolt and you're just now realizing it. The bigger piece as well is not the vacation question, but that you eventually want to move back to Utah and he clearly has no plans to ever do that. I would Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough one because that's like when people get together and they're like, I don't want kids and then you do. And it's like, I always thought that, I don't know, like it wasn't, that one's a little bit tougher, but it might be like he has an issue and it feels guilt and is so attached to his mom that it cripples everything. And like, now I'm nervous, like when she dies, like, is he going to be weird? It sounds like you really need a therapist because it really, this doesn't look good for the future in any scenario. Right. It's like he a, also doesn't seem like he's going to be like V open to like going to therapy, but you need someone on your side. You need someone to explain both sides. To talk out the logic of like the, what's fair and what what's, you know, sometimes we do things we don't want to do. Something's missing. Something's missing because his reactions seem illogical. Yeah. Yeah. Please let us know. Hey, Al. Love the pod. I've listened to every episode as every single human should and put into practice Eliza's advice, so thank you. On a recent episode, Eliza requested unusual questions, so I have one. What's a good nickname for my boyfriend's mom? We've been together for two years. We've talked about marriage, but neither one of us is ready. Mother-in-law is too soon, but her first name is too basic. Any suggestions appreciated. Thanks. P.S. Tried to come see you at Denver, but had two layoffs this year. Hope to catch you next time. Sarah from Denver. No, I I don't know. Is it wrong to call her mom? Well, she's saying mother-in-law is too soon because they're not married yet. So what's a step down from mother-in-law, but a step up from Sharon? Is calling her? Well, here's the difference. Sharon, to me, intimates that you're calling it to her face. You would never call your mother-in-law mother-in-law to her face. Like if you were going to call her from the other room to like grab something... Sharon is normal. So are you talking about when referring her to other people? I guess. Well, maybe that's it. So maybe it's like what somebody says, like partners kind of between like the, the when you don't want to say boyfriend or girlfriend, you know? So like what's the in-between of mother-in-law? How often are you referring to mother-in-law? I think you just have to get over it and first name is fine or give her a nickname. Well, so when you're talking to are someone you, else and you're like, uh, my boyfriend's mom, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Your partner's mom. Nobody cares. Yeah. You're wanting a way to feel closer to her. So to her face, you can call her ma. Are you Italian? You're from the East Coast? That's okay. But it's weird because I, I can't tell wh- who you're talking about. Start calling her mommy and see what happens. Mamita. Yeah, other cultures have like mid-mom names. Call her mid-mom. No. Half-mom. Halfman. I think, what's her name? Sharon? No, I just made that up. I just was picking a name. We don't know her name. There's, the answer is you don't do a nickname. Nickname is for something personal that you're saying to them. And in which case it should just be her name. Because you're close like that. Share Bear? <laughs> her you're, name's you're not trying Sharon. To- you're trying to figure out an answer for a question that doesn't need to exist. There. She's like, I just wanted to participate. I'm like, well, I wish you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Boyfriend's sister hates me. Hello, Eliza, Emily, and the whole team. I'm a big fan of the podcast. It truly brightens up my work. We, I'm a 24-year-old woman who has been in a loving relationship with my boyfriend, 26, for over two years. 
We're very excited about our future together. However, his sister, also 24, has had issues with us dating since the beginning. To provide some context, we all grew up together on the same street since 2001. I was best friends with the sister throughout elementary, middle, and part of high school. Though we didn't have as much time to hang out in high school, there was no drama or falling out. To you. To you, because you're the hot one. To you. I I became closer to her brother during college, and we eventually started dating after being inseparable for about two years. Since then, his sister seemed to deliberately ignore me and not acknowledge my existence. Strangely, when we're with our friend group, just the two of us, everything seems normal, and we have a good time. It truly hurts my feelings that she's always been like a sister to me, and now it feels like she hates me. During a drunken bachelorette party, I got the courage and asked her if she was uncomfortable with me dating Uh her brother. She responded that she doesn't care and saw it coming, but she wishes she had been informed of our relationship status before our families found out. I apologized, assured her that our friendship is extremely important and thought the issue would resolve over time with our mutual understanding. However, she still ignores me in public when I'm with my boyfriend. I'm torn between wanting to address the issue as a friend and feeling hesitant as I don't want to strain relationships. Currently, I'm meeting his extended family, and it's even worse as she sometimes avoids events if she knows I'll be there. Any insights are truly appreciated. P.S. Love your insights. And this podcast has taught me tenfold of what I would learn in a self-help book. Also, thank you, Emily, for your input. Always love hearing your perspective. I hope this is an original question. Love, Emily. It is original because you were friends with her and because you do want to be friends. Do they file our podcast under self-help? Because I don't want to. Okay, good. Because I don't like that world. No. It's probably comedy and then maybe I'm sure there's like a lifestyle category or something. Is there a category, a subcategory of self-help called others help where like you're not the problem, it's other people and we need to help the other people hoping that they're listening to your problem (laughs) about them? Um, Well, this is tough because uh, here's what happened. You were hers first. You were hers first. And she feels like you went and took her brother who she probably was close to, and you guys have sex. It's not like your friends. So that's gross for her. And she feels that you kind of went behind her back. This thing was like, I wish you had told me first. Yeah, in the movie version, maybe. And maybe you did. Maybe you kind of snuck around, kept it a secret. So you di- you were not friends. Like you did not put your friendship first, which is fine. Like people get married, they meet each other. She feels slighted. She feels disrespected. And this pain has had a chance to to fester for a very long time. And it may not be because she needs to grow up, but like it may not be comfortable to see you. What? I I mean, isn't there some sort of bro code that like, come on, she started sleeping with the brother and she didn't tell her really close friend whose brother was. Um, but, But you said friends for some of high school. So your whole thing is you're like, by the time we got together, like you and I weren't that close. So I don't really know what you're, it's not like your best friend and you did it. You're also- you don't need to ask permission. And to which she'll say, no, I just wish I knew. Because her thing is like, we were friends. We were like sisters. It's tough because you're like, we were like sisters. You're like, but we weren't really friends in high school. So did you pick back up in college? It sounds a little bit like you're wanting your cake and eating it too. You're wanting to let us know you've known her forever. You're super close, but you also haven't been friends with her as of late. And this girl's thinking like we were super close forever. And then you kind of didn't talk. We didn't really talk in high school. And now you're acting like you're this revisionist history. Like we were always so close and you're fucking my brother. And now you're everywhere. Now I'm annoyed with you and you're at everything. The fact that she chooses to skip events, honestly, should be a blessing for you because you don't have to deal with it. 
but and also I'm sorry talking to her drunk at a at a wedding like that's not courage that's no one is coming off the way that they want to no one's ever like I got wasted and we resolved it and we all remember exactly what we said and we all feel the same way the next day even with different chemicals going through our blood take her to coffee and and speak to her do not be afraid of confrontation people have this negative association and by the way, like I can't say I'm perfect. There are definitely people I'd rather text than talk to. But when it comes to facing a little bit of music, pick up the phone or send her a text and be like, I would love to just meet for coffee. This way, nothing gets lost. And you just be like, I just want to talk to you. I really want to know how you feel. I really want to know where you're coming from. And let her just say all of it and be like, all of that said, you're right. I probably should have said something to you if you guys were close at the time, but I can't, I can't quite gauge because I'm getting like a half truth from you. And then what? I I wonder now, I wonder now if you're the friend and your friend, our question asker, kind of you, you guys just kind of drift apart and then she starts staying the brother. I, as the sister would wonder, did she distance herself from me because she was making moves on my brother? Like, did that play into us? Because maybe depending on how close the friendship was, she kind of was like, okay, pulling away from you now. No, because she said not friends in high school and then they went to college together. I mean, that's a pretty big long con. Go back to what I was saying. Don't listen to what Emily said. And even though we all keep score and everyone loves Emily, (laughs) coffee, be like, I want to hear how you feel. And then- Whatever she says, be like, like, unless it's insane, just be like, I just wanted you to know that I did want to, you do mean something to me and I did want to hear you. And I do love your brother and I do want us to be friends and I I do want to move forward. I don't want you to be uncomfortable around me. I can't control the way you're going to feel, but I just want you to know that like, I'm here with open arms. There's no disrespect intended. Like be as disarming as possible. And if she still chooses to behave this way, then she's just a brat. Yeah. You're factoring in immaturity at 24 and you took her brother and you were hers first and you're kind of having your cake and eating it too. So just come to her and be like, what do you want to tell me that I don't know? Yeah. And just try saying I'm sorry. Sober. Yeah. And, and try it buy from there. the brunch. You buy that brunch. Even if it's like a matinee brunch with a cheaper ticket. Hi, Eliza and Emily. Please keep me anonymous if Eliza allows it. <laughs> First of all, love the pod and the entire crew. Been listening to since the beginning. You guys just get better each week. Don't hear that hot Scotty jingle enough anymore, though. I would like to request it. Ha ha. Play it. Play hot Scotty number one. Number one, hot Scotty. Hot Scotty number two. Number two, hot Scotty. There we go. Oh. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's my question. I'm on Hinge and just went on a date with this guy. Before our date, he was dot, 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 spicy in his messages, but in a tasteful way. Not, I want to bone your brains out kind of way. We had great chemistry and texted a lot back and forth with lots of jokes and flirty. So mm-hmm. we went on a great date and ended He's not into together. You. He's not into you and that's it. And you slept with him and he either was just not into you, got gro- he's not into you. I, I don't thought- need to know. I yeah, thought everything was, nice. was great. He told me he had a great time. However, yeah, since then, yeah. the texting vibes are completely different. Anything he's slightly flirter for, flirty for me is ignored or avoided. So I think I'm being he's, slow faded. Yep. He does not want to have sex with you again. Uh, just, it was, you're just not his type. It, it was just bad. It's, he, what? You were not, what? 
I think I'm being slow faded and just matches energy and respond less frequently, but he continues to text me and will double text me sometimes. What gives? I'm confused. That's why he would keep in touch if he isn't feeling it. I don't know how to respond now. Do I slow fade? Cut off all communication? Ask him outright? Please help me. Wise Collective Mother, capital M, A. I wonder if he's keeping you on a roster. I think you had sex. I think you liked your picture. The chem- I'm just going out on a limb. The chemistry wasn't what you thought it was, or he thought it was going to be something it wasn't, or you weren't up for doing something, or whatever it was. Whatever it was, it sounds like it was good enough to keep wasting your time, but not good enough to keep doing the part that you enjoy, which is all the texting, which is a bummer. Because it's nice to find a girl that's like, yeah, say dirty things in a tasteful way. I'm loving it. <laughs> um, this isn't about any of that. You have two options. You can straight up call him out on it. The other literally less than 1% chance version is he likes you so much and now he doesn't want to disrespect you by like sending you dick jokes, but I don't think that's it. You have two options. You can either point blank ask him at which point he'll be like, I think it's the same and he'll kind of gaslight you. Or you can decide that this isn't making you feel good and you can just fade away. And if he cares, he can pick up the phone. Um, I'm always a little creeped out by guys that get like spicy before you've gone out. Like it's yeah. just like their catch all. Like I just say this gross stuff to girls. Yeah. It also could be like his cool guy personality thing that he does and then you meet him and he's, you know. He's double texting, but has he asked you out again? Oh, good call, Emily. So exactly. You're, he's, you were good enough. You were adequate enough that he's fine to keep wasting your time. You guys slept together and he still hasn't asked you out. Like I said, he's not into you. Yeah, one but, date. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't offensive. And who knows? He might get drunk and call you again. And he knows you'll be down because you were already spicy, flirty, and slept together on the first date. So he knows you're into that, which is fine. But yeah. you want a little bit more. So perhaps... It's a lesson in the way that guys talk to you right up top. I have a friend who does a lot of online dating and she'll get these guys who she doesn't know who right straight out of the gate are just like hypersexual. It is disrespectful. And you went along with it because you thought it was fun and you might, but that type of behavior comes with these types of actions. Yeah. I don't think you have to <laughs> ghost him right now. You can see if he asks you out again. If he just keeps texting with you and not asking you no. out for like another week, couple weeks, like what what are we doing here? You're yeah, by the way, it's not like it's not like, oh, I'm shy. Like you've already seen each other naked. So yeah. what are we doing here? Next yeah. stop, the altar. Next stop, dinner with your mother every <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> top of the call. It's the top of the call. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. But you want to do top or bottom? Okay, you pick. Haircut, you pick. <laughs> okay, let's start with... <laughs> let's start I with like top. you. By the way, the picture looks phenomenal. It's the I best know. I've I need to, I need as to someone match who the rare, picture. <laughs> as someone who rarely has a good hair day, it's okay that I make fun of you because I, I rarely have them. You're allowed. I knew. I knew. I, I could have worn a hat to this call. You're wearing wear a hats. hat. I wear hats because the sun here is unforgiving and I don't feel like being recognized all the time. So, okay. Bottom of the cob from a fan. Hi, Liza and Emily. My bottom of the cob is I got a new job in November. I was hired to take over the scheduling position that my trainer who still works there got promoted from. I was excited that I was going to be trained by the person who had the job for 10 years. I thought this would be the easiest training ever. 
unfortunately, this person has so much knowledge of the job that she's a bad trainer. She just tells me to do something, but doesn't tell me why I do it. So I can so I can understand the process. And then if I have a question, she responds with a patronizing, we already went over that. Ugh. Like I'm supposed to know how to do everything Ew. the first time she shows me. Ugh. Wish me luck. Love the pod, Jules. You didn't ask, but I would just be like, right. And we might need to go over it again because I want to do this job just as well as you do. Yeah. That's so just, is she, wait, is she leaving or she's just been there a while? She's, so she's been promoted to another position, but she's been doing this job for 10 years. So she's just like, Whenever you ask her anything, she's just has such an intrinsic knowledge of it. She's not teaching it well. You that, literally just tough. need to be like, I am doing my best to retain as much as I can. I'm sorry if it bothers you that I'm asking questions, but I'd rather ask you now because you're the expert versus do it wrong when I'm actually on the job. Ugh, what a bitch. I, I That's will such flag. A shitty answer. If flag you it. can visibly take notes, that would help. Just yeah. so that she th- even if you're like clocky away or typing it, like write something down in front of her while she's explaining, just so that she knows. Because in her mind, if you're standing there looking at her, yeah. she's like, oh, she's, she's not wasting listening. her time. Yeah. You know what you should do? Instead of taking notes, just keep writing her name down over and over and then write your own name down and then switch your last names to look like you want to see what it looked like if you guys got married and just keep writing those things down on the paper. Like, just keep writing, like, Jillian with, like, a heart over it. And she's like, why are you writing my name? Be like, I just want you to know I'm taking notes. And I drew this pyramid and this eye. <laughs> okay. What's yours? My bottom of the cob is uh, my my car had, like, a leak. And so it got full of water and mold. And so it had to be taken in and cleaned. And now, and we took it to a repair person and they couldn't find the leak. So now it's every... Six hours, I go out and change the towels to new towels because I'm trying to soak up the water. I had to buy something called dry rid and put it in there. I'm like literally like every few hours, I'm going out there and swapping towels. Like I'm, it's, it's, it's absurd. There's no, everything just, things are wrong in so many different ways where you're like, how is this a problem? It's very annoying. It's just part of owning anything. Like my refrigerator that stopped making ice and it's an $1,800 fix. Even after I tried to fix it myself and I was really proud of myself and it didn't. Did you know that you have to like clean the inside of your fridge? Like the vent? I didn't know. Well, and especially if you have like a filter. Yeah, it's the filter is a fucking scam. We should be able to drink our own water. But no one's allowed to talk about that. Big uh, water is keeping you down. You know what? I'm, I definitely won't drink out of ever again or plastic bottles. Too many... And then you're shaming people to drink it out of that. Like, it's just endless. Like, there's no good option. Okay. There was a video uh, I saw that would be, I didn't send it to you because I was like, I'm not even going to put you through this. Somebody filling their Stanley cup with water bottles of water, plastic all the water time. bottles. I was like, sometimes, ah. sometimes those people live in areas with like really bad water. Get so it's Brita. like, yeah, I mean, Britta's, Britta's great if you just wanted like a sip of water and then you want to watch it filter for an hour. I, some people live in places where you don't trust the water, but like if you live, for the most part, it's probably fine. I hate when you're at a restaurant and they're like filter or tap and you're like filter and then they bring you like a sealed bottle of water. I meant, and I'm like, I meant filter through your sink. Right. Fucking scammers. Tap, fucking tap. It's probably better than the plastic microbes that are in garbage, like sparklets water. Spark. There's a sparklets facility in Los Feliz, and when you drive by it, you just see the, those giant office, like multi-gallon buckets sitting in the sun, just baking, leaching the plastic in. A hundred percent. So shame on you, sparklets. 
my bottom of the cob is not dissimilar to yours in that it has to do with a smell. I was painting the tree. That doesn't come from me though. I was painting the tree in my new baby's room and I had the window open, you know, because I'm painting. And it was late at night last night. It was just at night and I smell what smells like weed. And I was like, oh, I fucking hate that smell because I live in LA. So everywhere is just like, oh, we're getting high. It's legal. So I shut the window because I'm like, I'd rather just inhale fumes than even smell weed. Uh, and then I quickly realized it wasn't weed. It's an actual skunk. <gasps> and, and I'm like, oh, that's so gross. So like the front part of my house smells like a skunk. We well, got skunked before in the back. Oh yeah, whole family of them. I saw the little black beady eye under the floorboards. We leave today, we're in the car. And, and by the way, I'm saying a no and I'm in the kitchen. I'm like, do you smell that? He's like, I don't. The contractors smell it. It's not like Noah's calling me crazy, but it is annoying that we both can't be annoyed at it. Yeah. Get in the car and I'm like, the car, like we're driving. I'm downtown. I'm like, it smells like skunk in my car. And I'm like, did it crawl into the engine block? Did it spray around the garage? Like, why does my car... And then it's like, okay, let's get some sort of skunk, not repellent, but odorizer, neutralizer. Right. Oh, it's impossible to find because you can't call Home Depot or Petco because no one answers the phone and nothing online is ever available in the Hollywood location. You got to go to fucking Gardena. So I'm just going to light a candle and hope for the best. (laughs) Good luck to you. It's my bottom is a skunk. Just also, I'm like, no one, you just did this on purpose. Like no one was hunting you or scared you. There was no reason to spray. Right. <sighs> asshole. <laughs> asshole with an asshole. All right. Top of the cob. Top of the cob. The fan top of the cob. It says fan top of the cob. The cob. My top of the cob is overhearing positive news about a friend. I live in a fairly small town. The other day I overheard someone saying that my friend's mom is the best massage therapist in town. And today I overheard someone saying another friend is doing awesome at their new job. Is the best unlicensed massage therapist in town. (laughs) That is very nice. That is nice. It is nice. Yeah. That's always good to hear positive things. And then you get to text that friend and be like, guess what I heard? Right, legit, like just out in the streets, real word of mouth. I love that. Where you go. My top of the cob is I I love eating little little bites of things. And I've gone back to my first love, adult lunchables, which is like some other companies make little trays that have like a decent cheese and a salami and like a rye bread cracker in a little in a little container and then I eat my adult Lunchable for lunch and I have a nice time and I love what happens, it. What happens in that container that served no purpose other than to like keep those three things that you could have bought cheaper at the deli counter separate? But then I have to, but that's, that's not the top. The top, my top of my cob wouldn't be, I had to prepare myself a charcuterie platter. My top of my cob is I got a little, I got a little pre, pre-made snack. All right. Um, My top of the cob is a little weird, but basically lately I've just been feeling like, uh, like I listen, there's like two podcasts I listen to and I've been like, can I find someone who, uh, I listen to like lore. like Lore and ours. Yeah. What else? For quality assurance, which always pays off. That's it. Um, I don't really fall. I don't really want to listen to the self-help ones. I, the comedy ones, I think there's always like a big set of quotation marks around a lot of comedy podcast ones. Mm-hmm. 
But my interests aren't that. I get enough comedy at work. My interests are, I always want to know why. I always want context and answers why society is the way it is. Why we make the choices we make. Why things feel the way that they do. And I randomly, when I was painting, turned on Ezra Klein's podcast. And he had a guy, a writer on his podcast named Kyle Chaika, who has a book coming out, which is basically talks about how algorithms have like flattened our culture. I think that's the name of the book. And it's just about how everything has become homogenized. And his whole thing is about like, why doesn't the internet feel good anymore? And it's a question I had been asking myself. Like you stay up scrolling, always looking for what's going to feel good. And that has to do with like the gamification of social media. Because you look at these videos hoping the next one will be great. This comes on the heels of me realizing like at night, I get a lot more conspiracy videos, a lot more sad videos. And you have to realize it is people making money off of just upsetting you, off of making you feel nervous, off of offering you half truths. And just to kind of hear like these algorithms that were designed initially to make our lives easier along with technology. Now, everything, everyone gets served the same thing and everyone's personality is kind of the same online. The more I look online, the more I'm realizing like everybody buys the same girly skincare, does the same nail clack, gets these Stanley mugs. It's not that you can't like those things, but people's personalities and tastes have been curated to kind of be the same. And I've never felt like I liked any of that. And so I feel even better because I've had the benefit of like thinking for myself. The way we speak is the same. And this all has to do with things that are learned online. And he was talking about coffee shops. And he was like, I, he said this and I DM'd this person because I was like, I, I noticed the same thing. You can go to coffee shops, independent coffee shops in Tokyo, Mexico City, Vancouver, Australia. And you will be sort of given the same type of coffee shop, which is like Scandi, minimalist, three things written on a, like, you know, on wood shelves with black lettering, single origin, roast, espresso. But the vibe is always the same. And they were just talking about how like, collectively we've, dis- we've come up with an aesthetic, this like overgrown, in my mind, elder millennial aesthetic, that even though you're in a different country, it's not reflective of the culture there, but it's reflective of a culture that we find comforting. And I just thought that that was interesting. Just the best way to put it, homogenization of our taste and how it used to be you would follow people that were tastemakers for their hot takes, curated taste. And now it's accounts, it's algorithms, it's companies, it's just bigger. And so it was just nice to know I'm not crazy. Nice to know that my ick at all of these things is totally warranted. That's it. It was just nice to like find the perfect podcast in the perfect moment. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think I wrote too much to him on DM because he didn't write back. He's scared now. <laughs> That's fine. Just like so happy to find someone that made, let me know I wasn't crazy. Yeah, you that's can a see it in satisfying like satisfying feeling. You see it in like girly craft shops, like when you take like take a walk around like down the cool street, whether you're in Columbus, Ohio, or Seattle, or wherever. You go to these girl stores; they sell it's like plant lady, like bitch juice, like cool girl club. Like everything looks the same. Our and I used to talk about this in my standup, and nobody wanted to hear it. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a machine gun, like badass bitch feminist club. And it's become this commodified version of feminism that I'm like, real women doing shit? Like, I don't need a fucking doily that's got my ovaries forming like a middle finger. Like, I'm good. 
Anyways, just remember, whatever you like, you've been told to like it by someone who's making money off of the fact that you just bought it versus observing quietly. Anyways, it felt good. Even though it sounds sad, it was my top of the cup. All right. Okay, well, don't ever... I'm saying, all right. That makes it sound like I was a lunatic and you're like, no, well, okay. this has been great. All, all, all right. What? How would you like to close out the show? That's In true. closing, get a large round brush, keep all the hairs moving the same way, curl under, and flatten only what you need to and watch your tutorial. Here's my question. I guess I need a tutorial. It's like, I don't want it all in one. I want it in pieces. Pieces. You need product. I guess I need a tutorial to... You might want to get them cut. Like, there's a way to cut that, like, upward, but you also need product. Product. You might need, like, a wax to do some product to make it piecey. I'm going to just have Ace Ventura hair. Lord Farquaad. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza.